Are you bored living a mediocre life? We were too, and we know how to change that. Each week, we'll leave our comfort zones to explore a new topic, then step onto our soapboxes, a safe space to sound off on our latest adventure. Come explore with us. All opinions are welcome. This is a mindset. This is a lifestyle. This is Siren Soapbox. Hello and welcome fellow explorers. Thank you for diving in with us today. Our mission is to explore beyond comfort zones. Looking to take the first step outside of your comfort zone? Check out sirensoapbox.com for easy ideas you can explore with our blog, magazine, and even Eventbrite classes. We just did a cook along this past weekend and it was amazing fun. Join us for the next one. Everyone has stuff. You can either own it or let things own you. Here are six reasons, according to mentalhealthmatch.com, why organizing your space is important. Number one, organizing saves time. You can spend less time figuring out where to put things when you already have a system in place. Organizing saves money. You can spend less money buying items that you do not need because you can easily see whether you already have it. Organizing saves your sanity. You can do less emotional labor if your family can access their things easily, participate in putting away their things, and help maintain your organizational methods. Organizing also allows you to clear your space emotionally. You can experience closure by purging items that you no longer need or that are weighing you down. Organizing allows you to experience feeling more grounded in your space. You can feel more at ease and less stressed in a home that is clutter-free. And finally, organizing allows you to feel more in control of your environment. You create your organizational system so that your space can achieve its maximum potential. All of these benefits sound fantastic, but how do we get organized? Sometimes we need a little help decluttering and making sense of our spaces. That's where I Organize comes in. The Sirens each watch the YouTube channel for tips and tricks that we can apply to our lives. Let's find out how the Sirens did, but first, if at any time the conversation gets too intense, the safe word is mango. mango. <laughs> First up on her soapbox is Sarah. So I feel like Kristen, who does the I Organize videos, I think she and I could be long lost sisters, really. I'm pretty uh, into keeping things organized too. I'm a firm believer in a place for everything and everything in its place, something my kids hate. I've really always been that way. Yes, you could say I was born this way because my dad's exactly the same. I'd say he's even more vigilant than I am about putting everything where it belongs. It makes sailing trips much, much fun. I loved watching Kristen's professional organizer videos. Her advice is great and the videos are quick and hilariously entertaining. I hadn't really thought about how to decide what belongs with other things when figuring out where to store something. So the video about storing something with its cousins, coworkers, or family was really cool. I used that process a few times this weekend when I was putting away all of my gardening tools. Bill certainly has that organizational skill perfected in the garage. Everything is labeled and in its home with his family or coworkers. It makes it really easy when I need to go in and find something. One of my favorite videos though is the series on the four attachments to the things that we own. Kristen describes how everything we bring into our home has energy, emotion, responsibility, and physical space. Watching these videos was a really great reminder about how sometimes the right place for something you're trying to find a spot for could actually be in someone else's home. This is a message that we heard when we were doing the minimalist challenge and it was a really good reminder about that. Bill and I are actually right now going through a large amount of belongings, ours and our kids, all of them, that was recently displaced by a basement flood at the home that where all of that stuff was stored. Plus we're in the process of slowly organizing our home office space. It'll be really good to refer back to these videos when it feels a little bit overwhelming, which it's starting to do. Jess, what did you organize? Well, it's not what you would think. But first, I love organizing, like a lot. I hate it if I don't know where something is or if I have clutter in my house. My husband is the opposite, so he usually asks me to help him organize his office, hobby stuff, workshop, which I've done three times since we moved into the house in March. But I'm always happy to oblige because I like to see the end result in the work we did. Since we just moved, our house is actually very organized right now because I did most of the unpacking. Watching Kristen's videos about moving tips and I see we're kindred spirits because I do love me a good tape done and fat Sharpie. I also have to label every box because I hate not knowing what's inside. 
My house is pretty organized, like I said, so I decided to attack a closet at work. It has become a catch-all for junk since the office was opened in the 70s. So I'm still working on it, (laughs) but I love to go through the boxes and then I can relabel them and put them back on the shelf. So next time, hopefully it won't be so hard to organize. So far, I've gotten rid of eight contractor bags worth of junk, donated about seven boxes of binders and clipboards and three boxes of old school paper. You know, the kind that you break off the sides with the holes in it. Yeah, there was three boxes of those in this room. So you can see the time capsule. (laughs) I can't wait to see the finished product. And I keep watching Kristen's videos for more tips and tricks that I can use. Mer, do you consider yourself an organized person? I live in what I affectionately refer to as organized chaos. I have a home for most things, but things don't always end up where they belong. But I'm pretty confident I can locate anything I need, no matter where it's living at the moment. I'm And at work, I'm very organized because of my, I, I think I have some ADHD going on. So because of that, I've had to develop systems to keep me on track and employed. Like I have to write down everything that needs to be done for the day. I spend about 15 minutes every morning looking at my day and going back through the last week's emails to see if I've missed anything. Then I write it all down and I even prioritize those tasks. And I almost always use a blank notebook for that because I can't commit to one journal style. That's not happening. I just create an index page on the very first page of my notebook, number the pages if they aren't pre-numbered. Write important things down there, like password change is on page, whatever. This reporting procedure is on page, whatever. You get the point. But at home, I don't have to be as strict with myself, so I'm just not. I sometimes wish I were different, but then I remember that I'm perfect the way I am, and I move on with my unorganized life. I'm not very sentimental, so it is easy for me to get rid of things, although After my mom died in February, I was happy to find some old cards with her handwriting on them. So I feel a little differently about those things now. Um, But I do have a little place for greeting cards. I just kind of tuck them away into a bin in my bedroom closet, which needs some work. I'm going to tackle that next. Even after the great purge of 2021, I somehow accumulated a ton of clothes. You can check out episode 50 for a, a glimpse at our minimalist challenge. That was a ton of fun. But Kristen's videos on iOrganize, they've helped me to get excited about decluttering and reorganizing again. I've decided to take it one space at a time. Next on my list, I think I'm going to, uh, like I said, the bedroom closet's going to need some work. So I think that's where I'm going next. And um, I'm ready for that space to be a little better utilized. TC, how do you feel about being organized? Feels great to be organized. It's so nice when you know exactly where to go to find something and there's no rummaging. Just open the correct drawer and there sits your target. It's even better if the item is not jammed in so tight that it's difficult to get it back in the drawer and get the drawer to close. There's more to organizing than just putting things where they go. One of the first steps is getting rid of the things you don't need. I recently watched the video by Kristen from I Organize for attachments to things we own, the same one Sarah mentioned. In it, she explains that some items hold negative energy, things that remind us of unhappy moments or situations, toxic relationships, or a side of ourselves that we just like to change. This really spoke to me as the area I chose to organize was my home office. I recently left a job that was not a good fit for me. I packed things from the office I left and brought them home with me. There were two bags of those items sitting on the floor of my home office as a result. I felt it was important to be sure I didn't keep anything that had negative energy for me. As I pulled items out of the bags, I asked myself how each item made me feel. Did it make me happy? Would I use it? Would I forget that I even had it? It was a fun exercise and it really made it easier for me to get rid of things even a few pens. I really minimized the negative energy being brought from the old office to the new office. I love my home office. I still have some organizing to do, some more drawers to go through, but the bags are off the floor and everything is in its spot. Toward the end of that same video, Kristen offers a challenge. So I felt compelled to take the challenge. Why is it I have such a hard time passing up a challenge? She challenged us to leave a drawer or cabinet empty. 
So I was determined to empty at least three drawers in the eight drawer tower that I have in my office. Done. And it really wasn't that difficult. I love any kind of challenge that helps me simplify. And this one definitely did. I'm pretty organized, but there's always room to improve. I mean, I'm no professional. Kristen Fackler has been a professional organizer since 2009, but unofficially organizing for others since 1998. As a teenager, she held cash jobs such as babysitting and pet sitting. Even while working in those jobs, she found herself tidying up and arranging areas of the household. Clients would pay her extra to do it again. Kristen has held a wide range of jobs from being a nanny for quadruplets working in restaurants, maid service in hotels, retail, and a snowboarding instructor. She eventually realized that organizing anything was consistently the best part of each job she had. So when she turned 25 in 2009, she started I Organize. I or organizing isn't all Kristen does. She's also an athlete, musician, artist, lifetime learner, nature and plant enthusiast, animal lover, video game nerd, handy woman, and lover of living life. She fits right in with the sirens. Sirens, please help me welcome Kristen Fackler, owner of I Organize, to this episode of Siren Soapbox. Welcome to the show. Yay! Hi, thank you so much. You guys are amazing. It was so fun watching your videos. Kristen, I'm a fan of the show, friends, and I'm curious if, like Monica, when you see something that's not organized, do you get the crave to organize it? Oh, it depends on where I am. I have to filter myself often. Um, it depends on my mood. If I need to feel in control, I kind of, it depends on how much caffeine as well. Uh, I do have a tendency to kind of get lost, but sometimes getting too lost in the details and trying to keep everything perfectly organized is never realistic. We're all, we all have a level of growth. We can always be more organized because being an organized, being organized is like a life journey. You're always learning how to be more organized so you can live more simply ultimately. And that's why I love being organized is so that I can join my life. I can go find the things that I need for my activity or the tools that I'm working on so I can go make that craft. When you're stressed, do you tend to want to start organizing something? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I definitely notice. Yes. I definitely notice with my clients getting to know different people and the way that they process information, um, your environment reflects what's going on inside of here ultimately. And to feel in control if everything is in its place, uh, your mind can then be where it needs to be as well. Um, I like to say clear, a clear space is a clear mind. However, some people are very artsy. They're very creative. If they don't have items in their environment, they sometimes will lack motivation or inspiration. They like to fill, you know, fill their space with, with motivation. It really depends on the person. Um, and ultimately, I just like to ask, what's the, what's the issue? What's the problem is, um, and, oh, how are you functioning your daily life? And, and the people that I'm helping just tell me, well, I'd like to be more efficient or I'd like to be inspired more, but maybe a little bit more tidy. So it just really depends, depends on the person. Hmm. So do you have a favorite space to organize? Oh, paper. I, I'm a sucker for, for organizing paper. Um, I'm mostly paperless. I do a lot of my uh, task work and project management and uh, things digitally on my computer. But I love helping clients that have piles and piles of paper because uh, there's just, there's so many ways you can attach each little piece of paper. So when I show up to a client, I, we just grab their, their piles and I just say, just tell me about this piece of paper. <laughs> And then we, we just go through each little piece because there's such a, a learning lesson in each item. What is, uh, but, you know, where should it live? What does it mean to you? Uh, so, yeah, I would say I would say papers. And because I don't have papers, I need more people with papers where I can help <laughs> them. Because um, I know papers are really overwhelming. And, you know, people don't really just don't know what to do with it. Even, even the junk mail, uh, the stuff, the junk mail that comes through. I need to do some videos on that. Like, People are like, is this real? Like the scams that come through? Is this like the triple A? I don't know if you guys get like the triple A memberships. They yes, look like all really the time. important or threatening, like 
open immediately emergencies and urgent and um, just to help people get through that stuff and just decrease. Yeah. Paper. Oh yeah. You can tell I just started like going off. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> super <laughs> excited about that. Yeah. Well, that speaking of organizing paper, I, one of the hardest things for me to get rid of, even though I don't claim to be a sentimental person is my kids artwork. Yeah. Mm. What do you do with all of that? Mm. Do you have any advice? I do. Um, it's, it's good to keep it pared down. I I've had a lot of mothers that I've helped that they'll save every little scribble, every scratch, but I mean, that can grow into gigantic piles. Um, I try to encourage keeping things that have your child's shows your, your child's imagination or special character versus just maybe something that they glued and just pasted, you know, and the teacher kind of gave them the format. Everything's different to every mom. So, you know, take the, the advice with a grain of salt. But as I get older and I look back on some of the things that I, that my mom saved for me and that she actually let me, let me go through things as a kid too, which is great to get, get your kids involved. It's a life skill of deciding how do I feel about this? Do I want this? You know, so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, anything, anything that encourages, encourages or shows off their, their personality or makes you laugh or evokes an emotion ultimately. Yeah. I took a lot of, I took pictures of a lot of the artwork. Nice. Like, oh, look, this was really awesome. I love what you did here. Here, let's get a picture of it and then let's throw it away. Nice. You know, I've seen a lot of uh, these uh, creating books. A lot of people, I'm getting feedback online from videos about this topic. And people are saying they like to put them into the shutterfly type type of things uh, seem to be really uh, popular these days for the digital digital world. But I, I personally love a tactile piece of art that I made as a kid. And I have a, a little scrapbook that I had saved and put just all my real special pieces together. Yeah, one of your videos, idea. you had scrapbooks for different things. What do you do mm -hmm. with the scrapbooks then? You have like yeah. a shelf of scrapbooks? I do. Yeah, I have a little bookshelf here and just one row across is all just childhood artwork, journals and writings, cards and notes from friends. And they're themed. And I have about I was like two feet of 38 years. So let's see how many how am I going to have. And in, in by the time I'm 60, I guess I'll need four. Four feet, and then, but yes, oh, I made four as a kid. I'm, I think I'm gonna be okay. Oh, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a nice feed. <laughs> I I saw in one of your videos, like at the end of a year or at the beginning of the next year, I think you would go through all of the mementos from the previous year and mm -hmm. organize them into a book or something. And yeah, the cool thing about that is just kind of reminiscing about the memories from the year before. That was my favorite part of that, that particular piece of advice. I like the idea of doing that. Yeah, I have a client uh, actually that I was working with today and she likes to age things a little bit and that's just her process. Um, so many people think we have this outside pressures of like looking perfectly organized or photo ready and, um, being organized, you can be messy and still be organized. I can, when I'm busy, things get messy and people might judge me and say, oh, wow, look at all those piles. Um, but um, I, I, she likes to age things because sometimes when you, there's some time that goes by, it's easier to look at things a year later if it's all just in one place. Uh, so yes, I like to keep my memorabilia in the, on the same bookshelf there in a little file. I get a card or something and I'm like, oh, I'm not quite sure. And then it's just a collection of course, there's a rule like you can't just, you know, sometimes like, oh, just because it's there, I get to throw it in. Right. Sometimes like a garage. So just because the garage floor is clear, we get to we get to just throw stuff on the garage floor, which is like, a, you know, you have to have the rules around it. Uh, so that at the end of each year, I get to sit down in the winter and uh, hopefully do some scrapbooking and look back at all those mementos. And uh, as my client was saying today, we, we went through a, a bin of some old papers from her desk uh, that she that kind of, kind of moved down the desk and became outdated. So it was easier then to be like, oh, that's done. I, I don't need to do that anymore. And it's all good. As long as there's no like nothing major missing in which there there wasn't. So. Yes. Yes. You guys are pretty sentimental. You keep, um, keep lots of memorabilia. I don't No, I and that's think okay. I did until I had to move across the ocean. That will, <laughs> yeah. yes. Moving will teach you a lot about, yes, that's, that's huge. That's a big lesson. You have to really look at all your stuff. I think Sometimes we also I ask, we also did the, um, minimalist challenge, like right before I moved. So it kind of helps with the whole, like, do I want to move this? 
across right halfway across the world like no no I don't <laughs> yeah that's awesome wow I can't imagine that's that's a big move you really you have to take a hard look even that far yeah yeah I moved from Ohio to Hawaii so like literally across the continent and then that's across awesome. the ocean and it was I, I just didn't really want to pack that much. Like we right. decided we were going to move a container. Um, but other than that, I, plus we were renting before we bought our house here. So it was like, I'm going to have to move it across the ocean. Then I'm going to have to move it again. <laughs> no, I don't need that. <laughs> I found with the two older kids and then one a little bit younger that uh, seeing all of the things that I accumulated memorabilia wise with uh, my two older kids, uh, with poor Ben. Um, yeah, I didn't keep so much with him. Um, I almost feel bad about it. Not that his stuff wasn't as important. I just realized that, um, once you keep some kids memorabilia, it's awfully hard to let go of it. Um, I still, I, I have yet to sit down with my two older kids, even though they're not living in the house anymore. To, I'm still to yet to sit down with them and go through everything with them and say, look, see this? I love this. It was awesome. But look, watch, I'm throwing it away now because right. I feel kind of weird throwing it away without them seeing me do it. That helps. So, so they can't come back one day and say, hey, remember that right. thing? <laughs> right, right. Well, plus they have the option to take it then. Like you, you can say, I'm clearing this out of my space. You're more than welcome to keep it in yours. Yeah. Yes, so, that's give true. Them that option. And it's a little bit of a, a tender topic, but you got we all have to think about later down the road in life, who do we want to be going through our stuff? Don't we want to have the things left behind that, that are important that, you know, my mom's going through things right now. And she's like, this is your great grandfather's by the way, but I'm getting rid of all the other, this other stuff. So it's good to look down, down the line and move those things along before later. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I am immortal though. So <laughs> you got to figure your kids might not know what it is. Like my mom actually mm-hmm. just did that because they were moving. Um, they were just moving to the next town, but she realized that they just had so much stuff. And she, she would text me and be like, do you want this? And send me a picture. I'm like, mom, I don't even know what that is. And she's like, <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> right. But it's like, I mean, obviously it meant something to her, but when she decided to keep it, but now it doesn't. And she's like, if you don't want it, then I'm just getting rid of it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> she, Yeah. But to that same point, if you do have something that's been passed down, like I have some things for my grandmother that I got after my mom passed away. And I would probably want to hand that down to the kids, but you want to do that at a time where you're still able to tell the story, you know? So it's yeah. good to think about that stuff, I think. So Kristen, can you tell us a little bit about the four attachments? Oh, gosh, yes. Um, It used to be just energy, emotion and responsibility. And then I realized, well, you got to have that physical space involved there, too. Um, I think a lot of people have trouble decluttering. And that's the biggest thing that I help people do. I'm side by side with with people and they're trying to figure out how they feel about, you know, this item. Um, And we, you know, we just talk it through. And so I was trying to think of how can I teach people what's involved with each item. If you think about every single little item in your home that has energy, emotion, responsibility, that's a lot of, that's a, that's a lot. So when you take it all together and you start to look around, you're like, Ooh, yeah, it's time to declutter a little bit. Um, so that really, you know, that's a really important part of the decluttering process when I'm sitting there with clients. And then the more, of course, we work together, they'll start to hear my little voice and be like, how does that feel? What is, what is that? What does the energy feel like when you hold that? And so clients will say like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I guess. And so then I'll just be like, Hey, you know, if you've liked that, you'd been like, Oh, look at this. I love that. And wouldn't you want that item to be in your space versus that thing over there that you're like, yeah, I um, so that's the biggest part of, of, of that whole process, but energy being, yes, negative and positive energy, recognizing how it, how it feels in that space. Plants love plants for me. Uh, I imagine most people, uh, good energy, lots of plants. That's basically how I decorate with, it's just plants. I don't really set an arts and crafts festival the other, other this weekend. And uh, I was looking at all these little decorative pieces and I was like, I don't, I don't want 
any of this. I just want to keep decorating with plants unless it has a function, then I have a tendency to get that. Um, and then of course, energy, then emotion. Um, how does it make you feel? Does it make you feel sad? Does it make you feel happy? And no, no emotion is wrong or right. You know, if this makes you feel sad, that doesn't mean you have to throw it away. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just to recognize that that's how it makes you feel right now. Um, and there's a, there's a journey and a process in that. And uh, whether it's grieving or, or heartbreak, um, and then the responsibility, the responsibility is the third one. And that is when I go shopping and I think, oh, I want to buy this, this new thing. And then I think, do I have to clean that? Well, I have to like, well, I have to maintain, is that another thing to add to my cleaning list on Saturdays? Um, and yeah, if it's going to add more, you know, more responsibility or, or, or uh, add to the stacks of already, you know, things already, then I might not acquire it. Um, and I think sometimes people don't think about, think about that. They'll bring off home as they have to maintain it. And then lastly is number four is physical space. And that is, will it fit in your space? People will go to the store or somebody will acquire something and then realize there's no, there's no room for that. Of course, then the common organizing role is, you know, bring stuff in, get stuff out. You know, one comes in, one goes out. But if you're really need to declutter, maybe the rule is one thing comes in and three things go out. So it just depends on where you are in your journey. I love that you brought up, like before we started recording, we were just kind of chitty chatting, um, the cleaning versus organizing, because oh. I don't really consider myself like, I, I definitely don't like vacuum as much as I should, yeah. but <laughs> I am a very organized person. I can tell you where everything is. It might have some dust on it and some cat hair, but I can tell you where it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting that like you can that distinction, I think, is a good thing to have. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We, we do start, most of us will start to clean and we have cleaning involved in our routines. And then we start cleaning and we get in. And it happened to me the other day. I was, I was uh, getting into the kitchen sink and then, then I realized there was a leak. So I had to pull everything out and kind of shuffle and do a little declutter. Um, but uh, it is good to set aside that some, some time and focus on just the activity of organizing. Which is, which is um, actually uh, in the middle of writing an ebook, which I'm super excited about. Writing a book is such a process, but um, there's four categories during the organizing process that I do with every client, no matter what job it is, no matter what project it is. And that's to purge, sort, contain, maintain. And those can be done in any order. It doesn't have to be methodical. It can be one and then the other and then back again. Um, and so uh, that's, that's like the process, the general process that I always follow. So can you explain to our listeners the difference between, I think it was coworkers, cousins, and family members? Is that what you said? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, that, that is um, something I used to use with my clients. And I would always just say, oh, go put it with its friends. And I didn't come up with personifying items other than just friends until maybe two months ago. So this is fairly, this is fairly new for me. And uh, I'm trying to think of like the actual description. So you put something with its coworkers, cousins, coworkers, family. Family is, uh, let's see, what is it? It's a glass. Put it with the other glasses and that's its family. Oh, this is going to be a good one. <laughs> um, oh gosh. So I don't know if I can come up with it on the spot right away. Um, Cause sometimes, sometimes it depends. It's a perception. So some, uh, if you have an item and it's a headphone family would be with its other headphones in the drawer. Uh, but cousins could be co-workers could be microphones it could be co-workers is uh if you are going to uh use your headphones for a, a uh, you're going to film a tiktok or a social media video and you need your ring light and you need all the tools involved with that type of activity then you want to put it with its co-workers so then all those co-workers are together for that activity and that's where you go to get those items and then cousins would be um it's similar to that item, but maybe just a little bit of an shoot. They have a similar function, like knives would be to scissors, pens would be to uh, markers, so on and so forth. I hope that was clear. 
yeah, that was helpful. So something that at least a couple of us have a bunch of are board games. And I find those Uh, really hard to keep organized because all the boxes are like different shapes and everything's just like different sizes. How do you have any advice for board games? Ooh, that's a challenge. That really is because I think in most homes, we don't have the ideal storage for board games because the ideal storage is usually like a cabinet that's clean and in a good uh, a good environment as far as humidity and temperature. So, but that stuff's usually those cabinets and those ideal, the real estate, sometimes I talk about real estate being any anything within reach right here. So that's like where all the commonly used items are. So that's that real estate gets filled first. And then the board games are like, where do they go? Um, ultimately, lots and lots of uh, uh, shelf space. Hopefully, if there's a if there's an area for for open shelving, lots of flexible space. Sometimes we have a tendency to limit ourselves with cubbies, which aren't always bad. Don't get me wrong, but um, we limit ourselves with smaller things. Where if I'm going to encourage somebody to create a space, I always say get get something with adjustable shelving. You want flexibility for your space to be able to change. And if you get a, a piece of furniture or a piece of storage a storage item that limits that. Uh, uh, then, then you run into a wall because then it, it fills up and you have no wiggle room to, to adjust or change a shelf, especially with a board game. If you continue to acquire more board games and it's this big box, it's like a pantry. Pantries <laughs> are so hard to organize because you, you get the cereal box that's the family size and then you get the, the small box and then the, the, the peanut butter jar, you go to Costco and you get a six pack and that takes up more space. So it's just like ever changing it can never be the same because it's ever changing. So you have to have flexibility. And if you don't have that flexibility, it's, it's usually a really, really tight. Um, yeah, stacking, stacking like items together is always you know, the best bet, putting, putting like items. Um, I'm not a fan of digging for things. I, if I have to like go find something and, it's, and I got to dig through something, no, I need, to, I need to be able to get it right away. So if, if I had more board games, I would want lots of shallower shelving so you don't have 10 board games stacked on top of each other and you're you know it's like jenga you're pulling the bottom one out and then the stack falls over it so, is the game getting the board game out right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right yeah what's that it's like jenga before you play jenga it's like pulling out one board game right. without collapsing the whole stack of all yes. the board games it's really the amazing uh, warm-up What's amazing to me is that games are such an important part of my life. And I don't know that I have ever specifically bought a storage shelf for board games. And that doesn't make sense. I'm suddenly realizing that does not make sense. (laughs) It might be time. (laughs) I know. You have a lot of bags for all of the dice games. I, I have so, I have so many games and I do have some bins and some bags that the dice go in, and those are all pretty organized, but I haven't really bought like the ultimate game shelf. I feel Ooh. like I need to start looking into that. You know, you're inspiring me because I love jigsaw puzzles and I have two puzzles that don't, I'm renting a home. So I'm limited with what I can you know, use, utilize. And I have these two puzzles. I'm like massive and I can't fit those in my game cabinet. It drives me insane. So I have them in a closet across the hall from, <laughs> from the game cabinet. So I might have to do the same. I like it. Don't you have three empty uh, spaces in your new home office, Tracy? <laughs> Yes, but those those are those are drawers like in a tower. They would not not very many of my games would fit there. It's it's got to be a. I feel like the games belong in the living room somewhere because we play games so often. So what I think I'm I going know. to do is use my living room closet. So right now my board games are kind of like stuffed up in the hall closet, and then my towels are in a cedar chest in my room. So everyone has to go into my room to get a towel. So I'm going to move the board games to the front closet and put the towels in that closet, but I'm going to put some shelves in for the board games. I think that's what I'm going to do. Love it. Yeah. That's great advice. So much inspiration, Kristen. Thank you. Awesome. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It makes me so happy to know that I can maximize playtime. And that was my goal. (laughs) 
as a kid, my best friend, Rebecca, was my first uh, first client. We were giggling the other day. We were texting. She was like, I was her first client because I would sleep over neck and on the floor next to her bed and lift up the dust ruffle. Remember those? Oh, and yeah. see under her bed and be like, oh, and then so like late at night while she was <laughs> sleeping, I'm secretly organizing her stuff. But then we would try, we wouldn't want to go play. Like, where's the walkie talkies? Where's, where's the Barbies or whatnot? Like, I don't know. I'm like, we need to organize your toys so we can maximize playtime. See, you are like Monica. That's so Monica. It's <laughs> also very Monica thing to say. <laughs> so one thing that I realize about myself is if I if I don't put something away, then it means it's not living in the right place. Like for me, everything has to be organized in a way that makes sense and that is handy. Things need to be located mm-hmm. where I would use them. Yeah. Otherwise I'll put them away in some other random location and they won't make it back to their home. Yeah. Yeah. Perception on how people group things is so different. And when I'm with a client, I I try to say, where would you put it? Because in my mind, I'm immediately categorizing. So I'll give them examples to be like, like these three items, these three areas make sense to me. Of course, like we could always say family, cousins, and coworkers, where would the cousins be? Where would the coworkers be? But there's something to say also for where do you want it when you need it? So it's kind of like having it on call, having it ready to go. Um, but if you do that with too many things, you can't keep track of it all. Like, oh, I'm just going to stick this. I like, I'll watch my clients and I feel kind of bad. They're like, I'm just going to stick this over here. And then I'm going to stick that there. And like, but, but you do, you just did that with 20 things and you're not going to remember. So I have to like, hey, 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 what are you, what are you putting there? Why? <laughs> but uh, I'm nice about it. I try not to be too mean. <laughs> It's so important though. Cause like, I actually, I told her I did most of the unpacking in the house. Yeah. Wow. I should have left the kitchen for my husband cause he does all the cooking, oh, but I didn't. And he still complains about like, why is that over here? Why is that over here? And I'm just like, you know what? It made sense to me in my head. Of course I spend zero time in the kitchen. So <laughs> it probably didn't really but if I didn't do that, then I don't, I think the boxes would still be in the kitchen. So, well, you got it done and just taking it to the next levels, maybe a shared, a shared process. Um, uh, I'm lucky that my, my partner, Julie, she is, um, she has, uh, takes over the kitchen and does most of the cooking for us. And we just recently moved into our new place, um, gosh, back in January. So we're a couple months in. And so she's away on a trip. And I realized, oh God, I gotta get in that kitchen. I gotta, oh. So, so I've been reorganizing the kitchen this week, and I'm hoping that she likes the changes when she gets back. So we'll see. Hopefully, but I realized I didn't give us an update on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Could you please do a TikTok about how that works out for you? (laughs) I'm, I'm very curious about that one. I will. I will. I hopefully she's usually very happy with whatever, whatever I do. Cause she's uh, an artist. So uh, as far as like things being out, being ins- inspirational is where her processing is. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I think it should be good. So can you give us some examples of places where you would use your bring it to you instead of digging and reaching? Oh, uh, yes. Technique. Yes. Oh yes. Um, ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I consider myself somewhat tall, I guess, oh, five, five, seven. I, I hate to bend, bend down for things. I don't like getting down under there. I, well, I'd rather reach. <laughs> I sound pretty lazy. <laughs> um, any, anytime I'd have to reach uh, deep shelves, you know, you're, you're trying to look way up high and it's dark and you can't find anything. So if, anytime you can pull something down that's way up there. Um, and down on down under cabinets that are dark, can't see anything, bring it towards you, pull it out, look through it in the light. Um, just anything out of reach. It's like that real estate that I talked about. Prime real estate is just standing up within reach. Um, and if there's height differences in the in the family, a step stool in every room, just those great, there's these great heavy duty foldable step stools that a lot of people seem to acquire. I don't know what the brand is, but they're awesome because they can slide in between the fridge. Um, so that's really helpful for people with different, different heights. Yeah. That would be like, uh, Jess and Ben and also TC and Dean. (laughs) Step stools. Yes. Come in handy. Step stools are so essential. Yeah. And when it's like upstairs or in the other room, it's just, Oh, it's one extra step again, maximize that playtime. 
my house is 900 square feet. So if you don't know what that is, it's fucking tiny. Okay. Like there's, (laughs) it's not very big, but I have two of those step stools in my home because I have an attic where I put like decorations and things like that. And if I don't have a step stool right there to pull the hatch down, things aren't going up into the attic. They're just going to sit there until I pull out, you know, whatever. Um, And then I have one in the kitchen because I have some really tall cabinets that I like to use. Great job. Great job recognizing that the stuff is going to sit there below the attic door. And that's something that I'll do going to a client's house is to uh, analyze those piles. Is there, is there a pile at the top and the bottom of the stairs or is there a pile by the door? Analyze th- those habits. Do I need a system with some rules or do I need a container or a basket or some shelving? Not for everybody. You have to, some people might say, oh, well, if I put a shelf there, I'm just gonna end up dumping stuff on it. So a pile is better. Hey, cool, um, hang, hang a bag on a doorknob. But seeing, seeing your habits and seeing those piles and creating systems for all the different things that you're, that you're doing around your house. So that's awesome that you recognize that because yeah, to take, take like one little item up to the attic to put it in that bin. It's like, no way. I was going to throw it up there. <laughs> that of is course, great when your advice. husband is six, eight, the top of the fridge becomes a shelf. Oh, right. The top <laughs> of the cabinets become a shelf. And then he says, that could hey, be babe, him. where Those is were his cabinet? And then he <laughs> no. asked me where stuff is. I'm like, I don't know. Oh no. I, my house is 558 square feet. We just figured it out not too long ago. So even a little bit smaller. Yeah. So, so that whole space part of the, the four attachments really meant a lot to me because anytime we think about buying anything, it's a matter of space. Does this deserve space in our home? Because neither one of us like clutter. So when you have two people, two dogs, living in 558 square feet, space becomes really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you don't need that much. You know, we travel a lot. We stay in an Airbnb and I'm sitting here like, all right, I have a backpack and I'm in an Airbnb for a week. I don't have that much stuff and I'm perfectly happy. Why do I have all that stuff at home? I know it's amazing. When you live small, we just moved from a a small studio apartment, um, just basically one big room. Um, and uh, yeah, things can, things, the seams can, um, things can start coming out of the seams so quickly, soon as it starts to lose its shape uh, versus like a bigger place. You don't know things are getting out of control in a bigger home because again, it's just that, oh, that garage or that basement, you know, that's that unthought about room that you're able to just fill. So um, it doesn't allow you to just naturally fill it because it's going to be right there in your, in your face. So Kristen, I am dying to know if you have a junk drawer. (laughs) That feels like a yes. I know. You know, I think the the thing that's- She won't answer. I'm not, no, no, I got, that was like lots of like an explosion in my brain of like different things to say. Um, The closest thing I think I have to a junk drawer is my glove box in my car because cars lack thorough storage and organization. So in my one video that I did bring it to you, I just have a Ziploc mm-hmm. bag and that's just kind of like every little tool I need for my car. And um, I don't necessarily have a junk drawer, but I'm not opposed to a junk drawer. I think junk drawers are just fine. Again, it goes back to what's the problem? Are you having, you know, are you having any issues? Is there any health or safety issues? Are you um, frustrated because you really can't find stuff and you want to find stuff? But otherwise, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not opposed to a junk drawer now. That was fun. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely have a junk drawer and I know exactly what's in it. Like, I don't, I probably can't tell you like rattle off a list of things, but if I'm looking for something, I'm like, oh, it's in the junk drawer. That's where it belongs. That's its own. And it makes sense to you and it's functioning. Yeah. Do you ever have those moments where you're not sure where something is? And so you try to get it out of your mind and then maybe three hours later, you might be driving or taking a shower and you're just like, it's in the top shelf in the second box over and you get out of the shower and you go look and yep, there it is. It just suddenly comes to your mind where something is located. I, yeah. I'll I get 50 times and each time I do it, no, it wasn't there. And I'll come up with another place. Oh, oh, I know where it is. And I'll go there. Mm, not there. Yeah, can someone do that with my earrings I've been looking for, uh, for like three weeks? Oh, mm, I don't know. 
I really can't remember the last time I wore them or where I would have put them. And we just moved. They should have come up when I was unpacking things, but I don't know. Be fine. This is a completely off topic question, but it's something that I noticed in Kristen's videos. When you're holding up your fingers to represent a number, can everyone just at the same time without thinking of it, hold up the number three on your fingers? (laughs) I'm left-handed. Me too. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm right-handed. And which way? Turn yours around, Mur. I can't see what you're doing. Okay. Yeah, that is really uncomfortable for me. I always do it this way. That is much more and comfortable. So, to me, that's like, okay. Yeah, that's not how I do it. <laughs> yeah, it is, but it's also three. So it's, if it's, I'm doing, like, I'll do one, two, three. And Dean's like, so you totally change the way your fingers are. So Kristen, she does one, like, with a thumb and two and three when she's counting on her videos. And I noticed that this is her, this is her three. And that's not that hard to do either. Me either. But if you're counting, you go one, two, three, four, right? I go one, two, three, four, five. Wow. See that four is super uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I also noticed I text, um, I text with my thumb and, and um, my thumb and my pointer. <laughs> oh. That is, that's a little different too. I'm a different breed. <laughs> okay, so how do you snap? Like what fingers do you, when you snap your fingers? You do it this, so I can't do it very, I do this one. Wow, what's that, pinky? Which one is that? It's the one next oh, to my ring finger. Like your oh, ring, ring finger. finger. Wow. That is so yeah. weird. Now I, I also do. just realized I just snap with my right hand and not my left. And, and you're left-handed? Yeah, and I'm left-handed. Huh. I can do it with I, either one, but I, I do. do it with I do my that. Left, but it feels weird. Me too. Good attention to detail. Hmm. Yeah, I notice it all the time when you're doing three, you're like this. And so every yeah. time you're on a video and you do three, um, so if you're listening and not watching, she holds up her thumb, her pointer, and her middle finger. And that's not comfortable for me. But every time you do it on a video, I do it back to you. You don't know this because you can't see me. Only I can see you. And I'm like, could I get used to that? I don't know. That's awesome. Wow. Now we're going to watch videos and we're going to want to like text Kristen with our thumb and our index finger (laughs) and say, guess what I just did? Please do. I would love that. Now I'm just going to Alex Oladera. I'm going to make a video and I'll do just all <laughs> I'll comment on it when you yeah. do. I'll just, cool. I'll just do your picture like this. Perfect. <laughs> and for you, TC. <laughs> That's right. So we, um, Dean and I just read an article about how you hold up the number three, and there is a way that um, that men do it more often than women. Like the there's a difference in the in the gender, but I don't remember what's what. Like I just remember nails. people like. I don't know. Some people look at their nails like this and then some do this. Oh yeah. I thought it was a gender oh. thing, but I don't know. I do. I would do that. I do that too. Yeah. I fold my hand and look at it on top of my palms <laughs> for the mm. people listening. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what other weird habits do we all have? <laughs> I do I love to watch. watch that. <laughs> I do love to watch and pick out people's little idiosyncrasies like that. I do that at work yeah. all the time, and then mm. I'll tell someone one, and they're like, "Whoa, that I do that." <laughs> Are you a highly sensitive person? In what, what you, way? I was going to say, what do you mean by sensitive? <laughs> so, so it's actually a term. It's H H S P, and it, it can be tied into. Uh, I'm not an expert, but ADHD, autism spectrum, neurodivergency, um, sensory attention to detail. So a day at the arts and crafts festival, I stayed way too long because there's so much, there's so many little details. And some people that are HSP, highly sensitive, um, will pick up on more details. If there's a hundred details in a room and a highly sensitive person's in there, they'll notice, you know, 99% of those details, details where someone that's not as highly sensitive may notice in 20. Hmm. Oh, I'm going to have to pay attention to that. I'll tell you that if I go to a restaurant and there's like a multi-page menu, mm. I, I can't order. I just hand it to Dino and I'm like, you're going to have to pick yeah. something out for me. Too, it's many too much. Yeah. Too much. Decision fatigue. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. So um, 
Kristen, before we started the episode, you said that you had come up with a challenge for our listeners. And I think that uh, we would love for you to throw that out to them this week. Yes. Some notes. Don't let clutter control you. Be in control of your clutter. So what I'd like to challenge you to do is make time for organizing. The activity of organizing is to purge, to sort, put like items together, to, oh, what's the third one? <laughs> Blanking out. Contain. Purge, sort, contain. Contain. Find the container. Decide how you're going to contain that category. And then maintain. Decide how you're going to maintain. So those four things is the activity of organizing. So prioritize that. Put it into your schedule. Uh, pick a category of things. Your clothes, your games. Or pick a room that's been challenging you or getting in the way of maximizing your playtime. So prioritize and schedule uh, your, your organizing. <laughs> I love that challenge. I'm looking forward to doing that myself. Uh, make sure that you tell us all about how this went by using the hashtag Siren Soapbox and all the social medias and by reaching out to Kristen. Kristen, do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you? Uh, yes. Well, my website is www.iorganizeeverything.com. You can find all of my social media there. TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, and that's, that's about it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your insights with us today. And Sirens, thank you for all of your insights as well. I always learn so much from you guys. This is amazing. And thank you, fellow explorers for listening to this episode, go ahead and click like, and subscribe wherever you're listening. That will help us reach more curious people just like you. You'll be able to find links to Kristen's website from our website, sirensoapbox.com. And while you're there, you can also submit a challenge to us. Just click on the contact the sirens page and submit the form with your idea. If we accept the challenge, you could be invited to join us on the next episode or on that episode. Probably won't be the next episode. (laughs) Until next time, dive in, stay curious and be happy. Happy we organizing. People do it with us. Happy <laughs> to. I was I was raising my hand because I wanted to say if you we could all say happy organizing together. <gasps> we can. Yeah, we can. Uh, countdown three, two, one. Happy organizing. Yes. Okay. Wait. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> three, two. <laughs> happy organizing. Organizing. <laughs> We are so bad at the saying things together. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to C-Strings for providing our music. Snag your latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the Sirens on all the social medias. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.